Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HR Works Podcast, brought to you by HR Daily Advisor. I'm your guest host, Josh Zygmunt, Content Director for Simplify Media. The HR Works Podcast provides clear, relevant, and actionable information on topics that matter to you, the HR professional. When you're armed with the best practices and strategies to attract, retain, and engage top talent and deliver exceptional service to your organization, HR just works. In today's episode, we speak with Nolan Church, co-founder and CEO of Continuum. Nolan was employee number 56 at DoorDash and their first head of talent. He then joined tech company Carta as the chief people officer, building their people function and hiring more than 1,000 employees in his time with the organization. He's now the CEO of Continuum, a marketplace that connects people executives to pre-IPO companies for fractional roles. In our conversation, Nolan offers a look at the future of the talent marketplace in 2022, explains the modern-day rise in the gig workforce, and he shares why one of the most valuable employee roles in the U.S. right now is in people operations. Let's check out the episode. Nolan, welcome to the HR Works Podcast. It's great to be here. All right. So before we jump in and talk about, well, we've got you here today, which is people ops and understanding the future of talent in 2022, I want to know a little bit more about you and what brought you into HR. Yeah. So my story is is probably fairly common amongst HR pros. I don't think anybody that I know in the seat today went to school for HR or recruiting. Um, and I certainly, that would definitely was not me. So I graduated from the University of New Orleans with a political science degree, um, moved to the Bay Area to be with my then girlfriend, now wife, who was at Stanford. And I would, I would have mopped the floors for like 15 bucks an hour. And luckily enough, a friend of a friend connected me to a recruiting coordinator job at the Apollo Group. Long story short is I was there for about six months. My manager pulled me over to Google. Um, I ended up joining Google's recruiting coordinator, was there for about three years. I got promoted to a recruiter, was working on a confidential project, a hardware project that looks a lot like Starlink today. And uh, from there, when that project wrapped up, I got the call from Sequoia Capital that changed my life. And they were, were talking about a role at DoorDash to be the first recruiter, first HR hire. And so I ended up taking it, joining as employee 56, was there for three years, and everything in my life changed during that run. We hired 800 people. I built a 30-person recruiting team. I mean, things were breaking all the time. I was forced to grow in unbelievable ways and just had the time of my life there. Ended up leaving DoorDash to then join Carta as the chief people officer, right around 300 employees. During my tenure at Carta, we hired about 1,000 built a 70-person people team. And, and as you said, now I'm building Continuum, which is a labor marketplace for executives. All it takes is that one call, right, to set you on your life's course. So that's really inspiring just to kick us off. So look, as someone who's had so much time in the talent space, now's a perfect time as we're talking right now in December 2021. As we head into 2022, can you explain why the most valuable employee that we're seeing right now for a lot of organizations is in people ops? For sure. So COVID changed everything. As, as we all know. But really what happened internally in organizations is COVID put a huge focus on people operations. So a couple things happened there. The first is that the large majority of companies pre-COVID were in-person organizations. And COVID forced every company to go remote for at least a period of time. And the brunt of operationalizing remote fell onto the people team. The second thing is, and we've been talking about this now for maybe the past eight months, is the great resignation, right? And so what, what has caused that? What's happening there? Well, COVID again caused all of us to reevaluate priorities. Many people, parents like myself, 
liked the remote first world more than they liked being in the office every day. And so they decided to leave roles that required an in-person component. The other thing that's happening right now is, is Web3 is taking off. So everything happening with crypto and blockchain, and it is a vacuum for great talent. And then really the last two things, one is, is VC money. So if you remember back in March of 2020, the Sequoia Black Swan memo came out and I thought VC investments were about to dry up and it turns out the opposite happened. 2020 was the biggest year ever for VC. 2021 broke 2020's record in June. And so you have all of these VC dollars in the space right now, thousands of companies trying to leverage those dollars to hire people. And then the last thing is with experienced skilled workers, you know, people such as executives, right now product designers, recruiters, blockchain engineers are so in demand that they've decided to become solopreneurs. You can no longer hire these people to work for you full time. And instead, they're working for multiple companies simultaneously. They're making more money and working less than they did as full-time employees. And so the, the short of it is this is the most competitive talent market the world has ever seen. The power has shifted from employer to employee. And PeopleOps is in demand because every company's top priority is recruiting, retaining, and growing talent. And it's never been harder to do it. I think it's so interesting that you mentioned too that there's a shift in really the role of, of HR and people operations to become more strategic over the last two years where it wasn't necessarily as much of just filling the roles, but what's our path moving forward to be operational? Do we stay fully remote? Because so many people have, like you said, learned that this is the way we prefer to work or how do you become a hybrid company or how do we fully return if organizations do choose to make a full return to the office? How do you do so safely and also retain your talent in the process. I think that's all become something that's gone back to HR professionals and into people operations role specifically to become more of a solution-based role than it had in the past. That's a great point. To build off of what you're saying, 20 years ago, basically people ops was thought about, it wasn't people ops, right? It was HR. Uh, that didn't change until, until Google changed it. It was a services organization. The business told people ops what to do, and they went and executed on the business's wishes. That really changed with Google. And when Google went public and Laszlo, as everybody knows, has really changed the game for people operations and how it was now thought of as a strategic partner. And so in addition to all of the things that I said, you only have 20 years of talent in this market. The new world of strategic people leaders hasn't existed for that long. And given the changing environment in which right now, like the number one challenge that I talk to companies about is recruiting. It's so hard to recruit new talent. You only have a handful of people that have solved these problems before. And because of the stresses of COVID and headcount targets and the Great Recession and everything else that's going on, a lot of the people who have done these jobs don't want to do them again. And so you have these multitude of forces that ultimately are, are making this role not only the most sought after, but also the hardest to acquire in the organization. That's really interesting. What you mentioned there too is a great segue to this next question. The stat I had read from a, a recent Entrepreneur Magazine article stated that over the last 10 years, so from 2010 to 2020, gig workers surged by 15%. That was pre-jumping into the pandemic. That yep. only got expedited and, and really kind of moved the needle farther down the line. So as we're hearing more talk in the rise of the economy and, and not just at the national level, but this is becoming a global trend, 
what is the future of the gig economy and gig work and how can organizations prepare for this shift? So the big question is, is this a fad or is this a lasting trend? And I think it is a lasting trend that will ultimately be the future of work. So I'll actually start with Mike Maples. So Mike Maples is at Floodgate Capital, um, a very prominent VC. And the way he talks about the future of work is, I think, exactly the direction in which we are going. And what he describes is a network of contributors that as they contribute to the network, they then get rewarded financially for their contribution. So again, I think a lot of these words that we're using right now will change as well. So instead of employee, I think it's going to be contributor. And where this shows up the most today is with skilled workers that have niche skill sets that are in high demand. So we just talked about some of these uh, with the prior question. But what we are seeing is that organizations, because it is so hard to hire these folks full time or sometimes even impossible, I mean, we have talked to companies that have been trying to hire for, for specific roles for 12, 18, 24 months even. In those situations, now companies have to start thinking differently. 95% to 99% of companies typically today look like full-time employees. Now, if you look at startups, which is the, the space in which we operate that I've been basically spending my career in, I think startups always show us what the future looks like. And seed stage and series A companies nowadays look like 70% full-time employees. And they're leaning on consultants, contractors, advisors, and investors for these niche and very specific skills. I don't think full-time will ever die. But I do think that a larger percentage of the workforce will ultimately be these solopreneurs and they will come and contribute on their, their specific focus areas and they will be on call, but they do not need to be working with an organization for all of their time. And that's the coolest trend. And that's, again, one of the trends that, that we think is ultimately flipping this power structure from employer to employee and again, changing that word from employee to contributor. Right. That's some great insight. So Nolan, help me understand or even help our audience of HR professionals understand what are some benefits other than just the overhead cost of bringing on a fractional employee or a, an individual contributor at more of a gig or freelance structure than just being full time? Totally. So the first thing is speed and time to hire. So as I said, for many of these full-time roles, it's taking a very long time to get someone into the seat versus with fractional if you can access the people that are doing this, and that's one of the problems that we're trying to solve at Continuum, they could start tomorrow and they can help you start solving problems immediately. And that is a huge value add to companies as opposed to like letting something linger and get stale and ultimately not make progress. You can begin making progress immediately. So that's the first thing. Second thing is cost. So, you know, with a full time employee, not only do you have their salary, their equity, their benefits, but you're also paying for 40 hours of their time. And what we see is, is so many of these experts do not need to be working 40 hours to accomplish the job or to solve the problem that companies need. And so instead of paying somebody in perpetuity for all of their time, you only pay them for the time that they are used. And so those are the two biggest benefits that we see. The third benefit that we see for companies is and this is where I think, frankly, what, what will be a differentiator between great companies and mediocre companies is the great companies are growing their talent from within. And if you could supplement that talent with outside knowledge in a fractional way, 
ultimately that talent will be able to grow faster. You can then invest in those people um, by surrounding them with personal boards of advisors, people that have very deep subject matter expertise that you can only get by doing years and years of that work. I actually think you can also grow that internal team more than what we currently see with the current structure of how organizations are run today. Yes, you're able to upskill faster, more efficiently, and that when you identify your need, you can get that talent or fill that gap more quickly than trying to maybe train, coach up, or just shift your knowledge base for your employees over to a new sector. You can say, okay, we need this talent base or we need this opportunity filled. Find someone with that skill set, bring them on quickly. I think that's great. The cost piece is really interesting too that you mentioned. We talk about it so much and and see that new hires come at a cost of taking a gamble. You're taking a risk on new employees that come in, that they work out, that they're the right fit for an organization. And especially as companies are trying to combat the great resignation and hire and bring in staffing, everyone has roles to fill. You've got that challenge of, I hope this person is the right fit. And sometimes it's six months to a year down the line that you realize they aren't the right fit and you need to start back and, and go back to square one. It seems that going to more of a gig workforce allows you to adapt to that. And if somebody isn't the right fit, you can pivot more quickly and at a less cost inhibitive way to find that next right person, that perfect hire. I, look, I totally agree. We call it trying before you buy. So look, in what we see with some of the execs on the Continuum platform right now is these people are so good by the end of the first week, <laughs> 90% of the cases, the company's like, this has been amazing. We would like to hire you full time. And and 100% of the cases, the executive's like, yeah, yes, thank you, but no, thank you. But even if you can't hire that person full time, you get the benefits of being around somebody that is great and learning from those behaviors and those traits and how that person operates. Now, to your point, if if somebody isn't working out, it's so much easier to end a contract than it is to terminate an employee. So I agree with you on that front as well. The other thing that you didn't mention is the cost of onboarding is so expensive. And people don't really talk about onboarding full-time employees into a company. How do we get them acclimated with the culture? How do we get them to understand the cultural norms and those sorts of things? Versus if you're engaging somebody fractionally, they onboard immediately, you get them a laptop and they start working on the project that you need help with today. And so those are the other things that I see of where companies can very much benefit from this paradigm shift. Yeah, that time lost in onboarding training. Oftentimes yep. it's a month, two months, three months in until you're really seeing the payback or the, the benefit to bring someone on. When you can shorten that time, there's plenty to be gained there. That's huge. You, know, you and I, when we were talking before getting on the call, we're both sports fans. The impact that a new hire, especially when you're bringing someone in, maybe on a contract basis, uh, that they can make to an organization with just their knowledge, with their background, with their expertise can be felt immediately. It's kind of like bringing in a free agent to a team and seeing that immediate impact, even on a one-year deal, um, that can just change the clubhouse culture, or change the locker room culture. I really kind of see that same comparison to the gig economy, where you can bring someone in who can really have a ripple effect on even your full-time staff. Such a great analogy. It's like the July 31st deadline for Major League Baseball, and you add that one or two pieces that ultimately puts the team over the top. And I think that's exactly the way that forward-thinking companies are going to start thinking about this. And ultimately, if they can wrap their heads around this behavior change, it is a behavior change with employees. If they can leverage it in strategic ways that move the business forward, it will be an accelerant to their ability to solve problems and get things done. 
versus some of the older, stodgier companies who have the perspective of you're either full-time or you're not, I think that those companies are going to struggle to acquire this talent and to round out the skill gaps that they ultimately have that every organization has. We all have a local knowledge maximum. We only know what's within our brain or what's within our colleagues' brains. And when you need to go get that specialized skill set, it's just so much easier to do it in a fractional way. That's great. All right. So let's step even back to, because again, not every HR professional, not everybody in people operations may be ready to shift to a a more of a gig workforce, Uh, but everyone's still looking for that perfect candidate. And again, with the job market so competitive right now, what can HR professionals do to land the perfect candidate in 2022? What's the secret sauce to get them to say yes? Yeah. So first thing I'll say is, is that this is not HR's job. It's not HR's ownership. I actually think the business needs to own it with support from HR and recruiting. So I'll start there. But there are a a few things that you must do in order to close great talent. So the first is, is this is just a truism. Great people want to work with other great people. And so you have to showcase that talent during the interview process. They want to know that they are going to be around people that are going to push them and help them get better. Second thing is everyone I know that is on a a high trajectory wants opportunity for impact and for growth. And so these people want to be able to prove themselves and they want to have opportunities internally to learn and get better. Beyond that, I think there's a couple of other things. So one is, is a culture that encourages an idea meritocracy and failing forward. And so by that, what I mean is the best ideas win no matter where they come from. It can come from the person that just started yesterday or our new college grad. And if those ideas are the best, then they should win in the org. And we should create the psychological safety for people to take risks, to fail, to learn from those risks, and to continue to move forward and apply those learnings, not only for themselves, but for everyone else in the org. And, and I think the last thing, and I hate even talking about this, but it is real today. And in every conversation I have with, with CEOs or chief people officers, it's coming up is compensation and you must pay competitively. So pre-COVID, you could convince great talent to take a discount, to work alongside great colleagues in a role that had opportunity for growth and impact at a company with a great culture. But now you have to have all of those ingredients and competitive comp. And I think the era of great talent taking discounts is over. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, right, in in the office era, you had so many other factors to tie into, whether it was you liked who you worked with, right? It It was a good culture. It was a good camaraderie with your coworkers. That could maybe glaze over or or you could look past some of the compensation pieces. We're all sitting at home. You start to analyze different pieces of the job that maybe didn't stick out as prominently in a in-person culture. And you're right, that's playing into the shift. That's playing into people's decisions to maybe look elsewhere and at least reevaluate what they're doing and why they're doing it. One of the things Tony at DoorDash used to say that is just imprinted in my mind is, Nolan, it's not or, it's and. And I think that that applies here to where you need other great colleagues, you need great opportunity, you need a great culture, and now you need comp. And to your point, I think a lot of people reassess things with COVID. The other thing I will mention is we are living in the most transparent time that has existed in humanity. If you go to levels.fyi, you could see every software engineer offer from Google Facebook, and Microsoft. The world is more transparent on a daily basis 
And that is very true for compensation. And so when companies had asymmetric information and they had more data than employees had, well, you, they, they leveraged that. They leveraged that to, to lower comp. But now with so much information free flowing as with levels, with Twitter, with every, Glassdoor and everywhere else in the world, you can't get these people to take discounts. You have to have both of the things to be true. Right. It's not just that you have maybe a salary guide that was available to you to gauge mm-hmm. where you are in the industry. That's at your fingertips, but so is every other job posting in your market immediately to be able to compare, again, where you are to where you maybe want to be. Totally. Totally. That's really interesting. So as organizations really are trying to bring in the perfect candidate and maybe even retain their own talent, we are seeing that shift in in talent churn as a result of the Great Resignation. What can organizations do to prevent talent churn in 2022 and keep good talent in their workforce? Yeah. So let me start with, as it relates to attrition. And, and this is the topic right now that I see in all of my people leader Slack channels that we talk to people leaders about. Um, the first thing I'll say is, is a bit contrarian, which is I actually think a lot of churn is healthy. And I don't think zeroism is a good goal for companies that have more than 100 employees. But one of the things that I learned from Henry Carta is, I mean, he wants Carta to be known for producing the next generation of great founders. Henry invests in every single person that goes out and tries to start their own company. It's it's one of the most magical things I've ever seen. And the network effects that he has from that, even though he may be losing talent, that talent talks about it, it gets out in the community, and it excites other people to actually apply and work for Carta. Organizations need to realize that you will not have these people working for you forever. And I think the, the faster that they get to that realization... And the dynamic shifts to, I want to help you and your career, regardless of whether or not that that is good for us, that that will beget itself and help you acquire more and more people and make recruiting and frankly, retaining easier once you build those types of relationships. So that's the first thing I'll say. The second thing I'll say is, is it does go back to my last answer is great people want opportunity internally and they want to grow. And so I do think the best organizations those that will have you know, the Google-like, the Facebook-like outcomes of the next 10 to 20 years are going to be the organizations that figure out a way to grow the talent from within. And right now, I don't see this happening as much. I see a lot of people that in an organization, they're a huge contributor, uh, they make big impact, but they reach a ceiling. And that ceiling is there often because like that somebody used this analogy with me once, you go to a family reunion and your uncle sees you and they always remember you from when you were like five years old. And I think companies and specifically executives and managers have that perspective of employees of when they first join to then three, four, five years later, they've grown significantly and they're ready for more opportunity. And so I think a mind shift has to happen within organizations that people do grow and we need to do everything that we can to encourage that growth. And ultimately, If they leave, we want it to be because it was the perfect opportunity for them at the right time in their life. We don't ever want someone to feel like they're chained to this organization. And I think that reframe will ultimately make talent acquisition and talent retention a lot easier. 
what I love what you just did right there, Nolan, was you almost reframed the idea of talent churn as a good thing. And I think that's great for our listeners to really take away from this is that it can actually be a benefit to your organization to have that turnover and then inject new ideas, new personalities into your organization, into your workflow and drive it forward. I think you need that central mission to kind of keep everything on the tracks of where you're headed and have that vision long-term. But you can add new pieces and new ingredients into the mix that will just help your organization as a whole and, and can have more of a long-term effect. I think your example with Carta was great in that you're building that pipeline, really, of the next great piece of talent to come in, add their piece to the puzzle, and then jump out to go do their own thing, but just keep that ball rolling and growing. I think it's a really interesting approach. I think it's the the mind shift that is happening within the great companies today, Carta being the first one that comes to mind, obviously, because I worked there. But that mind shift, if you have that from your CEO, and if that is part of your culture, then attrition isn't a bad thing, right? It's a positive thing. And you know, look, we live in such a connected world that these relationships don't end. And the other thing, the last thing I'll say on this is there have been so many boomerangs that I know some of my friends going back to DoorDash, going back to Carta after they left. And all of that has to do with one, how they were treated while they were there. And then two, how they were treated when they decide to leave the organization. And so when we treat people with respect, when we play the long game, ultimately, I think uh, the best companies are going to start thinking about this differently. They're going to start thinking about employees and their careers and prioritizing that. And that network effect will be a very strong current for them to acquire and retain in the future. That's great insight. Thank you there, Nolan. All right. So let's talk about Continuum now. What are you excited about in 2022 as you guys continue to grow in the market and look to just increase what you're doing for companies looking for fractional roles? Yeah, you've teed me up perfectly with the questions that you've asked today because all of the questions that you've asked today fall perfectly into where we are in this market and this trend that is happening with how hard it is to acquire and retain talent. And so what I'm most excited about right now with Continuum is how we're helping both executives and companies and that the value that we're providing. And so with executives, if you decide to go the solopreneur route, and you know, again, we're focused on chief people officers, heads of talents, frankly, the entire people operations space right now with directors, heads of VPs and C-level folks. When you decide to make that move on your own, the hardest part is business development. Where do you source your next opportunity? How do you continue to get new opportunities flowing in your direction? And how do you scale that? And what does that look like? And so for the people that have been doing this for six, eight, 10 years, they already have their networks established. They're plugged in with all of the VCs. And so those are the people that they call. But ultimately, as more and more people get into this work, how do you figure out from a company perspective who is good, who I should be talking to, and who can help me solve problems today? Like who is available to do this? And that's why we believe a marketplace needs to exist is that on the executive side, we help solve the hardest part about going out on your own, which is business development. We pass opportunities to these executives. And on the company side, look, they could be going through, hey, we haven't had somebody in a role for nine months and we need somebody on an interim basis immediately. Or we have this very niche project, for example, compensation, we hear it all the time, but we don't have anybody in the building that can do it. I need somebody immediately. And where do you find them today? Well, there isn't a solution. And that's why a marketplace needs to exist. And that's why we feel like we are at the very beginning of this tidal wave that is happening. And hopefully, you know, if we can continue to provide value to both executives and companies, we think that we will ultimately build a generational company. 
it's a great concept, great mission. I'll, I'll be rooting for you guys for sure. But yeah, thank you so much for sharing kind of what you're excited for in the coming year. So before we wrap up here today, I just want to ask a couple more questions just for our audience. So first one being, if you could offer one piece of advice to our audience of HR professionals and people operations managers, what would it be? So I'm going to steal this from McKenna Quint, who was the head of people at Plaid and at Cruise. And I, I just love her frame on this, but you should run the people team like a product manager. And so what does that mean specifically? Well, what that means is, is that you are running sprints and that all of the outcomes should be tied to the business. Again, 20 years ago, this was a services organization. Now it is one of the most strategic aspects that's happening within a company. And so you have to start running it like a product manager runs their product. And so specifically what that means is beyond that, I really do believe that you have to go and tie all of the people outcomes to business outcomes. And a lot of the the last 20, 25 years of HR pros before this change has been quite fluffy. And HR has been known for being a fluffy organization. And I think the more that you can tie business outcomes to the people team priorities, the more successful that you will be in the role. They're so connected. And I think just understanding that, having an awareness of, of your impact on just the business outcome, I think is so important for HR professionals. Thank you for sharing that. All right, Nolan. So do you have anything else you want to plug before we wrap here uh, that you're excited about either personally or with Continuum coming up? Look, I mean, I, I think the world is changing. I think it's a very exciting time for all of us uh, as we're, we're living through this gigantic change that COVID accelerated for everybody. So, you know, I just think that it's a very exciting time for everybody. Um, check us out at joincontinuum.com. You know, ping me directly if you have any questions, but I've thoroughly enjoyed this time with you. Likewise. All right. So my final question, this is how I like to end all of my interviews uh, with my guests. You wake up in the morning, your feet hit the floor. What is the one thing that gets you motivated and gets you started in your day? That's a great question. And for me, it's the easiest answer. It's my kids. I have a three-year-old son and a 19-month-old daughter. And so the first thing I do every day is I make coffee, I go make their breakfast, and then I get to go down and like hug two of the best people in the world and, and two of my little homies. And so for me, being a dad is is number one above anything else. That's fantastic. Well, and look, it was great speaking with you today. I feel like we learned so much and you shared so much about not only just fractional roles, the gig economy, but really just how people operations can play such a big role in companies going forward and for 2022. So thank you for your time. Uh, again, it was great speaking with you and, and hope we can do this again soon. Thoroughly enjoyed it, man. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening to the HR Works Podcast. Be sure to check out our new episodes every Tuesday. Follow us on all major streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon Audible.